0: Welcome to Senior Straight Talk with Phyllis Amon, a collaborative podcast with Pass It On Network. This program is brought to you by all of community services. Seniors deserve to have a fulfilling life with dignity and respect. But as we transition into our elderhood years, this doesn't always happen. Join us today as we discuss some of the most important issues that seniors face and provide much needed answers to your questions. Now, here is Phyllis Amon.
1: Welcome to Senior Straight Talk, presenting informative conversations for the senior years of our lives. I'm Phyllis Eamon, your host. The show, which began in September of 2019, was formerly known as Voices for Elder Care Advocacy, and the library of all of those episodes can be found on the Voice America Empowerment Channel under the name Senior Straight Talk. They can also be downloaded on popular podcast platforms. The show is now also syndicated on the Voice America Influencers channel, so please remember to like, click, and share the episodes. For those listeners who are, I say, in SOS mode, stressed, overwhelmed, and stretched, watch out for my upcoming free caregiver distress recovery challenge, helping caregivers find a path to bringing much-needed self-care into their daily routine. It features empathy, my registered trademark, which is also the basis of a self-care commitment letter and teaches strategies from my proprietary framework for self-care, self-kindness, self-compassion, and self-forgiveness. These will help you feel recharged and re-energized as you face life's challenges. Family members considering taking on the role of caregiver or those just beginning the caregiver journey can find valuable information in my course, A Caregiving Guide for Caregivers, The Basics. My latest book, Dignity and Respect, Are Our Aging Parents Getting What They Deserve? is available on Amazon in both paperback and ebook formats. The book addresses critical information about how we care for and treat our elder citizens in our families, our communities, in nursing homes and assisted living residences And I'm always very proud to say that Dr. Bill Thomas wrote the foreword for the book. So I hope you'll purchase a copy and encourage your friends and colleagues and family to do the same. I'm hoping to have an audio version of the book in the near future. So I appreciate your support and hope you'll help spread the word on this all important topic. Seniors Straight Talk is proud of the collaborative partnership with the Pass It On Network, a global peer learning network for positive aging advocates and a member of the United Nations open-ended working group on aging. Seniors Straight Talk and the Pass It On Network continue bringing informative conversations for the senior years of our lives. I'm proud to have Olive Community Services, a nonprofit organization in Fullerton, California, as a Seniors Straight Talk sponsor. Olive Community Services is dedicated to providing culturally appropriate services to the diverse senior population. I'd also like to welcome the newest sponsor to Senior Straight Talk, Active Pure Technology, an active patent technology that is the clean air solution for COVID pollution. Active Pure Technology delivers measurable and guaranteed results, giving you the peace of mind to know that you are providing a safe environment and the best protection for the people you care for, whether in your business or in your home. And now I'd like to introduce today's guest. Dr. Gary Altheim is a New York State licensed clinical psychologist who has extensive experience in working therapeutically with emotionally challenged children, young adults, seniors, and families. He's the founder and executive director of Growth and Development Services, a nonprofit organization that services elders and youth. He also has extensive experience working with seniors and elders with dementia. After discovering the healing power of music and caregiving for his mom with Alzheimer's disease, he created an intergenerational music program, namesake Youth Engaging Seniors, to bring life, and connection to elders with dementia and caregivers suffering from the burdens of living with a loved one with dementia. In 2018, Dr. Althon was a finalist for Child Mind Institute's annual Changemaker Awards and was featured in Parents Magazine for his work addressing the burdens of family, family instability, violence, mental health, and learning disabilities. He has a plethora of experience in conducting workshops, consulting, and training corporations, nonprofits, and assisted living facilities in creating effective environments and tools to work with clients, staff, and caregivers. He developed a leadership development model to empower individuals and groups to learn team building and to bond and reach their full potential. So welcome, Dr. Gary Altheim, That is really a mouthful, but you have really accomplished so much. I'm proud to have gotten to know you in the last few weeks. It's really been an honor and a privilege.
2: Thank you. Well, takes one to know one, and uh, it's <laughs> been it's been it's been a great non coincidence meeting you and the the great work and this platform you've created. Uh, so many synergies, and I think it's amazing what you're doing.
1: Well, thanks an awful lot. So. I'd love for you to tell the listeners a little bit more about your youth engaging seniors work because it truly is where we really have, I think, the most synergy. But I, I just love the work. It's all about how young people relate to older adults and vice versa, and how they can help each other.
2: Well, well it really is all about dignity and respect. To uh, quote your, your your title of your book, I we took two populations that really needed to, uh, they're under-resourced. And we took the youth from the inner city, which uh, GDS, Growth and Development Services, has been working with for, for two decades. And uh, actually, Michael Rosado Bennett, the, uh, the movie producer of Alive Inside, uh, approached me and, and, and for the first time wanted to take inner city youth to work with elders with, with dementia. Uh, At first, the program started in 2018. It was Excel Alive Inside, and then uh, we rebranded it and made it a core program of growth and development services, GDS, called Youth Engaging Seniors. It's an intergenerational program where we take the youth and we bring them into an elder facility, we bring them into a a senior center, and we do group music, individual music, and it, it, it changes the environment of. Uh, of all. It's a win-win-win-win uh, program because you're, you're helping the elders. You're changing the whole facility because you're really bringing a whole different vibe and energy of love and positivity and connection. You're helping the youth who are are not given equal opportunities to work, learn, and grow. And this is a great opportunity for them to learn a new skill of working with people with elders. And it's... it's uh, Uh, it's a it's an amazing program and it speaks to the volunteers and the team that we have put together
1: it sounds terrific so besides the music and the training that I'm sure they get in learning about working with people with music what other kinds of training do you give them in terms of working with older adults, and especially older adults who have dementia, because that's a very different kind of experience than working with an older adult or anybody that doesn't have any kind of memory loss or cognitive impairment.
2: Well, I think the first step is really educating and making sure that it's a match that you're not everyone could work with elders with dementia, not everyone can work with teenagers. So we do extensive training and, and the, the first part of the training is really about empathy and learning really a lot of the things that, that you talk about in terms of ageism and hope for the elders and really helping the, the, the youth to understand, like, what does it mean to get older? And how do we treat elders with respect and dignity and take care of them uh, the way that they deserve to be taken care of? So we do a lot of training first on really empathy Uh, empathy can be learned empathy can be trained and the the youth really have uh, they're resilient and they're strong and they themselves have been through a lot I say adversity builds strength so uh, to see them in the room with the elders and interact with elders with dementia they 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 end up being so proud of the work that they do and it's amazing to see them come back week after week but first you have to help create the safe space and that's what a lot of the training has to do with is giving them the tools. And, well, you know, what do you do when an, an, an elder uh, does something that you don't know how to handle? So it's a, it's, it's training. You want to, and also helping them to know their limits. So I'm right. a clinical psychologist and sometimes in the group, you know, the, the you know, we're dealing with people, you, you never know what could happen. So we, we, we want to make sure that they, they have a lot of training and tools and, and know when they need to say, "Hey, Dr. Gary, I need help over here." So, we do individual and group music, and we have social workers and artists. And it's uh, it's a program I hope to grow. And I hope I think intergenerational music is really music is a, is a game changer, and oh. it, it it automatically creates this the, this energy that, uh, especially for people with dementia, as you know, um, my mom has Alzheimer's and. I just saw the impact on music on, uh, on her and I saw the, the impact of music on the inner city youth that I work with. And I combined those two together, we did to make this right. program.
1: Well, Dan Cohn created the Music and Memory co- program and the movie Alive Inside is based on his work. And I've spoken with Dan Cohn many times. I've had him on the podcast. We've become friends. Dan actually did an interview of, of me recently for his blog. It was really quite Quite something for me to have Dan want to have that conversation with me. I was very proud of that. There's no doubt. I've, I've spoken of this very often. That as a speech and language pathologist. And I worked with uh, years ago when I first started, there weren't so many people with dementia that I worked with. I specialized with people who were ventilator dependent, uh, who needed a ventilator to breathe or had tracheostomy tubes. And uh, some of the people on ventilators or the the people with tracheostomies weren't that responsive. And just intuitively, because I was trained with music for many years in in classical music as a youth, just intuitively, I would tell families, bring some music that they like. At that time, we had cassette players. (laughs) I'm dating myself, but whatever. Uh, We had cassette players and I'd say, bring some music that they like. And sure enough, Usually you'd see a difference, even if somebody wasn't very responsive, you could see their eyes flickering, you, you could see a different physical response. So certainly when I met and found out about Alive Inside and met Dan Cohn, I felt like I met uh, somebody who was certainly singing my song in a way for many years, even though I didn't go down that path. So So glad that you decided to pursue that. So I have a question. Do you have a... Some kind, Like you say, not everybody is a good match. Do you have any kind of litmus test or any kind of barometer for determining when you meet all these youth, which ones would be more appropriate for this program or who would be or not be appropriate for the program?
2: Yes, uh, we actually started with uh, working with the Summer Youth Employment Program, which is, a, which is through the city. And, uh, there's this huge job fair that they have. And, uh, GDS, our organization has been training youth for job readiness and leadership development within that program. And I actually do presentations to hundreds of youth who learn about youth engaging seniors, which I think is great because it's, it's a model program, uh, for this, for the summer youth employment program, which, uh, actually Damon John was, uh, was a participant in that program. So awesome. Uh, yeah. So it'd be interesting because I think training youth for the future to work with seniors. And so what happens is, is that we present to hundreds of youth and then those youth get to pick the areas of jobs that they want to go to. When they come to the job fair, they would, would have already met me and Lanish and the and the staff that, that runs Youth Engaging Seniors. I show them the video. And then uh, so it's like that's a great opportunity where I market the program. And then out of the hundreds of youth, 10 or 15 of them come walking over to my table, the table, the booth, and say, hey, Dr. McGarry, I, I heard you present. I want to, you know, I want to work here. They give their resume. We get a chance to, you know, uh, train them for for for, for, a, for a month or a few sessions before, depending on the schedule, uh, before they even, you know, step foot into the senior center. And through that training, we also make sure that, the, that they're a good match and that uh, of the times they are because, you know, they know what they're getting, what they're getting in for.
1: Do you, do you think that there are a lot of people are raised by grandparents nowadays? They're either raised by the grandparent or the grandparent is helping take care of them because the parents are working and now they have the time to do that. Do you find that a lot of the youth that gravitate to this program have experience with older adults in their families?
2: Yes. Yes. Some of, the, some of the youth that participated have discussed that the program helped them to learn about using music with their grandparents, some that are seniors, some that are seniors with dementia. And they mentioned uh, one of the youth that we worked with, her her grandmother died. Uh, she was in uh, Jamaica and she didn't get a chance to say goodbye to her because she was so far away. And that was one of the things she talked about, how rewarding it was. She felt like she was giving back and making that connection with someone else. So yes, the, that does come up as a, as a theme, why some of them want to, as why some, so many of us have gotten into this field and want to give back.
1: So uh, another question I have is, so do they develop personal playlists? like Music and Memory is about personal playlists, not just about music, just if any of the listeners don't know that that it's about developing personal playlists that people can relate to things that they, from their past, that they love, that they connected to. So that do they develop personal playlists for these people?
2: Absolutely. So there's two, there's two core parts of the program. One is the group music, which is also based on the group's individual song. So it's sort of a combination of doing group music therapy in a way when we go into the group, As a whole, we ask them their favorite songs and they get to know one another. It's so interesting because just like each person is different, sometimes a song to one person could be the greatest song and make the person happy. But sometimes that same song could bring back a memory of maybe a loved one dying. So it's just so interesting that you really have to do that individual play So yes, so what we do is, and this is what they did in the movie Alive Inside, because again, our original partner in this was, was the person that was the producer of the movie. And you ask questions about their favorite songs and the, the youth get to know them. So we pair up the youth with, with an elder. We actually pair two youth with one elder who records the answers to the questions. And then each week they come back and share the songs and further the discussion and the memories that, that get jarred up. We don't just use music. Uh, we also use other type of like one of the elders, uh, their 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 grandson uh, was a basketball player, and no one in the elder facility ever thought about going and showing them the video of their of their grandson. You know, and and he was a famous Boston Celtic, uh, Tiny Archibald. And uh, we came in, and the youth the, the youth showed them the video, and like Paul, it's just whole face light up. And so it's using different types of uh, memories to spark it. But we do individual playlists, and then each week we come back. And play the the songs and build that playlist, and then we actually drop off the headset with the music in it, like Dan Cohn does in, right. in the movie. And then they and then they have that all week until we come back. So when I walk through the door with the youth, they're like, "Oh, there's the music man!" And, you know, and they're all just <laughs> so excited. And they and they the idea I think, especially you know, with COVID, it would be like, wouldn't it be great if we had an armory of youth volunteers,
1: oh, which is one of right. our dreams,
2: is to to make those individual playlists, it's, you know, it's horrible not to be in person, but the next best thing would be, at least if you're sitting in the room by yourself, um, to have the youth come and drop off the headset with music. And even if you could answer the questions virtually, if they can't be in, in person, but all this is best in person. I'm saying there's there's a lot of different uh, ways that music can help people, especially in the midst of COVID of loneliness and the 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 the, the, the tragic way that, you know, has just highlighted the loneliness and the lack of effective treatment for people living in senior centers and nursing homes, etc.
1: So it's interesting that you say that because we've had this conversation and we had a wonderful conversation with Paul Falkowski the other day, and we're going to have a follow-up who I also have had on the podcast who has this volunteer workforce. And that's exactly just for the listeners. If they're interested, we are working towards something like that, how, how we can develop some kind of plan. I was I had been last year thinking of developing a program. I didn't do much with it because I was just doing so many other things at the time, but it was on my list to create some kind of program with high school or middle school uh, kids and people in nursing homes and kind of like be a friend program so that in local communities, because there are so many people in nursing homes who don't have anybody, uh, they either don't have any family or their family lives far away. Uh, and they're really, really even more isolated. People do make connections in nursing homes, but it's still not the same. And, and sometimes they don't. And that intergenerational experience is so key. And before we go to break, uh, because when we come back, we could maybe talk about this. What I'm curious about is if the youth through music that, that inspires the older person, so this is music from the past what they learn from it. And this could be so much of a historical lesson, but we'll be right back on Senior Straight Talk sponsored by Active Pure Technology to continue this wonderful conversation about youth-engaging seniors with Dr. Gary Oltheim.
0: Phyllis Amon, owner of Phyllis Amon Associates, provides strategic solutions to families seeking care for their loved ones and coaches them to become more effective advocates. Her expertise comes from working in over 45 nursing homes. Phyllis, known for her passion, empathy, high quality care standards, and quality life for older adults, is an experienced educator, speaker, and trainer. She's bridged the gap from healthcare to public and private sector businesses on topics from communication, caregiving, empathy, and novel approaches to team building and leadership. Olive Community Services is a 501c3 that provides culturally appropriate services to seniors, their family, and the community. Through their interactive programs, Olive engages participants physically and mentally with a focus on building strength, mobility, and mental health. To learn more, get involved, or make a donation, visit allofcs.org. Together, let's live, learn, and
1: thrive. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN.
0: You are tuned in to Senior Straight Talk with Phyllis Heyman. If you'd like to leave us a question or comment about our program, please feel free to email the host at phyllis at seniorstraighttalk.com. Now back to Senior Straight Talk.
1: Welcome back to Senior Straight Talk. I'm here with Dr. Gary I'm talking about his wonderful youth engaging senior program um, amongst the many other wonderful things that he's done and is, continues to do. So when we, we left, Gary, I was asking about what did the youth get or do they get something from hearing this music from the past and if there is any kind of education or appreciation that they develop for history and the history of music and, and what that, that means even in terms of our country in general but for that person in particular.
2: I think it gives them a very interesting perspective It, it thinking about some of like '70s songs that have been remakes and like the way that they, when they come in, they actually share each other's music. We have some, some of the youth, you know, did some break dancing and the elders love that. And then, you know, the elders share their songs and they end up, you know, liking, liking the songs more than, and the 70s disco is always good for them to, to come back and dance to. So we always have a pretty good party all the time. Uh, but it definitely gives them perspective. It's all about having a sense of of connection and raising awareness, because many of them like they never thought that they would enjoy it as much as they do. But it's actually seeing them and being with them that when then we go back and we process it. What, what was it like for you, and what 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 did that mean to you? And that that's when they talk about wow, I never uh, I never realized. And then they go and tell their friends. So there's a ripple effect. You know, it's all decreasing the stigma of of how important, you know, all elders are. And I don't call them seniors. I was like, I always like to use the term elders with them because Mm -hmm. I know with the Native American uh, Indians, uh, you know, elders is a a valuable, it's a, you know, where they're looked up to. And I always feel like part of the group when we do the group music, I ask the elders to tell their stories because their stories, you know, the music is related to their story, because right. it's amazing how the the trend of thought comes out of them. So it starts with, what's your favorite song? What does that make you think of? And, you know, usually it's a good memory, but sometimes even a, a, a memory that was tough is good for them to let it out. And we had that supportive environment. So it's uh, it's one of them was in the Navy, and they told the story about how they were in the Navy. And it's just to share their story, because there's such a lot of them are, a lot of loneliness, and their family members, unfortunately, don't come and visit. This was even before COVID. So um, I think the advocacy that you've done, uh, Phyllis, in your work, in your book, I I know when I read the foreword with Bill Thomas, that was w- one of the things that, I, that I, I actually just shared with one of the volunteers I work with, because it's really about, you're a maverick. You've stepped, you've spoken up about the injustice. You've spoken up and you know, like 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 your foreword says by Bill Thomas is that you know you paid a price, and what what the volunteer said to me is like it's it's like Dr. Gary, uh, it's like what we do with youth. Like we paid a price, you know, because I'm I'm a big a- activist for youth having equal access uh, and having equal access to opportunities, and I just it's one of the things I admire about you, Phyllis, is that you have really stepped out and spoken up. And I think the program youth engaging seniors in a way it's the youth speaking up also. And, you know, the youth are our future and elders are our future. I right. mean, they're the wisdom, right? Right. So, exactly. So you have these two. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the correct word these days is. Uh, marginalized under resourced. I don't like right. any of the words, right. but because then they don't, it's like, they're all judgmental. But, you know, I say they're all, we're all, the youth are our future and the elders Part of part of fighting ageism is that they have a lot to teach us and a lot to tell us, and that's part of what the music does. It helps to give the youth perspective, and uh, definitely has a huge impact on them.
1: Do you think that? Do you think that their experience with elders in your program helps them feel differently about elders in when they see them in their community?
2: Absolutely, hundred percent. Because they get to see them on a human level, right? You know, and they get to hear their stories. So, you know, if you if you look at an elder that's you know in their wheelchair, and you just like you know people look at them, oh, what are they good for? But then when you hear their story, uh, and you hear that maybe they were a veteran or, or all the different stories, the stories are definitely something that gives them perspective when they go home and they say, you know, I need to give my my elder uh, you know more love or more attention or more respect and you know m- more dignity everyone wants to be heard and i right. think that this program helps them go back into the community and it's a ripple effect as i said before it's really it's telling their friends like when they see an elder person you know that it all mushrooms in a positive way right uh it's a basic human need to be
1: heard and there are many basic human needs, as you well know, as a psychologist, to be, to, to have connection, to ha- have, be in a safe environment, to write, to be comfortable, m- many, but to be heard is, is an important human need. And I, I don't think that people look at older people. Uh, I come from the nursing home space and think that they have anything valuable to add that anybody needs to listen to. I mean, unless you're in that environment and be, and working in that environment, but even people who are working in that environment don't necessarily get it. And it's interesting what you say about you never know what a person's experience is. I say this many times. I mean, I've met many people over the years. Oh, I forgot about this one guy. He he, he was married to a famous actress. I forgot who it was that he was married to. But I, I remember this one woman, the two in particular stick out at me, this, she was in her nineties. She, you could tell from sitting in her chair that she had been a a tall person. And of course now she was in her nineties and she was not as tall as she was and a little hunched over and a little confused. And she was an original model for Coco Chanel. And the, the pictures in her room were, oh my goodness. And then there was another woman many, many years later, she was so captivatingly beautiful. Uh, She had a neurologic disease, or impairment, I should say, and was now bedridden. And she was a modern bride model. And the first time I went into her room, I came back to the, the nurse's station. I remember who the nurse was to this day. I knew him many years. And I said, wow, they took the time to put her makeup on this morning, I think that it's so fantastic. He said, no, that's the way she looks. She's beautiful. She was, she was captivatingly beautiful. And, but if you don't know that, so recently I was in a, covering in a nursing home earlier this year, and there was a woman who had had a stroke and her speech was a, a little impaired, but she could talk to you, but she slurred and it was difficult for her to communicate. And one side of her body was uh, paralyzed. And I was talking with her, and this is what she said to me. I put it on Twitter one day. This was months and months and months ago. She said she used to work for the United Nations. She said, all anybody sees is an old woman in the bed. Not not that many people talk to me. And when I I was only covering there for a short period of time. And when I went and asked people if anybody knew she worked for the United Nations, nobody had a clue. Uh, I was in another place. There was a woman, I think she was from Ghana. And she spoke fluent Russian. Nobody knew that. She had been there for years. Nobody knew that until I came. People don't talk to people. They don't. And I don't think not having the time is the, is the excuse. I think they're preoccupied or maybe they just don't see the importance of it. But everybody needs to share their experiences. And, and the person listening, just like you say, those youth get so much from it. Right, you learn so much. It's a a richness of your own experience that's enhanced.
2: I I think with everything, usually, whether it's youth or elders or any marginalized group that's first about, you know, speaking up. Unfortunately, the youth that we work with, many of them are shy or depressed or overwhelmed, and they're not really able to speak up for themselves. So in our program that's for youth, we teach the youth advocates to speak up. We teach them public speaking. And we don't, if they're not able to, some of the youth do more of the work in the background. We do this thing called Excel talks, where we speak up and one of the Excel talks, like a Ted talk is about, was about youth engaging seniors. And they did a presentation, a couple of them about the experience of them going into the elder home And we do this free community event. So like you're teaching people about the importance of elders. It sounds like, well, that's a no brainer, but it, it has to be, it has to be done. Because right. not, people are scared of, you know, I've been thinking about your book and, uh, you know, all the work that so many great people do in the, elder, in the elder services and all these great work. And it's like, why aren't more people paying attention to this great work? Why aren't more people investing in the elders and the, these programs? And, you know, I think one of my, you know, I'm a very positive person and I know we're gonna do this. And I know we, we keep on chipping away. I think people are scared. I think, you know, this is like certain topics like mental health and like, you know, uh, youth sometimes people are just not, uh, they're scared to about facing their, 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 the end of their life and they're not, and they don't want to talk about it or they don't want to, it's just like, they want to run away from it. A lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of my uh, parents, friends, and, you know, that my parents have been so helpful to so many people throughout their lives, but a lot of people are running away from them and they, rather than running towards them because they're scared. What do you, how do you hang out with someone with dementia? How do you talk to someone? You know, and it's really not that, it's not that hard, but you're not that comfortable. People need more tools. But first you have to raise awareness. Like Correct. There is a future. You know, there is a future.
1: I agree with you 500%. I say that people do talk about these topics, but they don't realize. They do They do make plans for things that are unpleasant. So here are a few examples. People buy long-term care insurance. They buy medical insurance. They buy automobile insurance. They're not planning on being in an accident necessarily. I bought burial insurance. Uh, When I bought it, I wasn't planning on being buried. And my people make wills. People do financial planning for the future, for when they're older, for maybe when they don't have an income. So the reality is that maybe they, they don't want to think about some of the frailty that co- comes along with elder years. But the reality is they are dealing, they are facing it or doing something about it when they don't even realize it. So I, have I think this, that's
2: um, more non-emotional stuff. Right. I think that's more... You know that's the concrete. You know we're we're good at like you know taking the pill, you right. know, Or you know to fix things. It's like with music. Like if we spent all the money that we're spending on trying to find a medication, and we put that money like all of these. I mean, I understand that I want to keep searching for the cure for Alzheimer's, but so much of the money is going towards the right. finding a medication. But if you took all that money and built intergenerational communities, put that to music, put that right. to hiring people and staff. You know the wave of the future is these intergenerational communities that I you know agree. that'll be a separate that'll be a separate meeting uh discussion, but I really think when we we muster all these resources together, uh it's really an intergenerational community like they have villages you know that right are are, are for dementia, but it's really about intergenerational communities leveraging all these resources, schools, elders,
1: universities.
2: Community so centers, about, like it's, it's all about,
1: piecemeal. Right. It's about non-pharmacological approaches, which would, like you say, cost a lot less. And this is interesting that you say about everything that's going into finding medication and cures. I'm not saying that looking for a cure isn't important, but not that many people are talking about care. So it's not just about the cure. What about the people who have this now? What about there's one in a one person every 65 seconds who's diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease? What about how we're caring for these people now? What about all these thousands and thousands of people in our country's nursing homes and assisted living um, residences where they have memory care units? What are we doing about caring for those people? I think Let's also take some of our resources and education and energy and dedicate it to that, right? And and non-pharmacologic approaches. So it's not only music, it's looking at the environment and how it's designed. It's about communication, understanding how to communicate with someone with dementia, or Alzheimer's disease, you know, what to say, what not to say, how to approach them. There's so much more that goes into it. But how can you engage them in in other activities besides just music? I'll give you an example. My friend's mother is in a nursing home quite a distance from where she lives. And she visits her every now and again. She hadn't seen her for quite some time, but she did go up and see her several months ago. And she was telling me that she had had a broken hip and they had a seatbelt on her, which is illegal, but that's besides the point, uh, because she was getting up and down all the time and they were afraid she was going to fall. So I asked her what her mother did most of the day. And of course, her mother doesn't do much most of the day. So I asked her what activities her mother used to enjoy. Was there any activity she enjoyed while she was sitting? So it only takes asking questions, right? So she said she used to like knitting. I said, well, do you think she can still knit? She said, I think so. I said, so why don't you go out and get her some knitting needles and some yarn and see what happens? Sure enough, the last time she visited, she sent me pictures of her mother sitting very nicely at a table. She wasn't obviously standing up and getting up and down because she's sitting and she's knitting, doing an activity that she enjoys. And there were no issues. And she was sitting there for quite some time. Then she put it down for a while. Then she picked it up. So it just takes questions. It just takes engagement. It just takes conversation. That's really what person-centered care is, really understanding the person it's person-centered caring. It's, it's really caring about the person and finding out what they enjoy and, and what will help be helpful for them.
2: I think that that goes the same with families working together. It really takes a village to, to, to work with someone with dementia and often people, family members are not communicating. They're not you know, having family sessions on how are we gonna deal with this issue. You could give a, a pill is not going to figure out, well, it, it's so individualized. What music do you play? What's the routine? When are people visiting? All of these things are, 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 are based on communication. I mean, fam, the number one thing that helps predict the way a family copes with dementia and the way that the, the, the care partners are dealing with it is the communication within the family, all the siblings and all the doctors and everyone coming together. Uh, A lot of times it's not, there's not a good communication, which is, takes a lot of effort. I think it also goes back to fear. People don't want to deal with this. And, but in my experience, being, uh, taking care of my mom with my, with my family for seven years now, uh, communication is the most important thing amongst the family members, which is, which is hard to do.
1: I agree. And every family comes, every member in the family has their own preconceived, notion of things that have happened their perception there they every family has their own baggage every any family that says they don't that's not true <laughs> right and, and uh, that complicates the matter sometimes it takes an outside person to help facilitate those conversations and and get everybody to have an approach that will work for everybody it's uh,
2: it's, it's emotionally draining so geriatric care manager is something that you know is really important I think because it's hard to deal with the emotions of losing my mom in some ways and my dad is really stressed out and of course everyone's doing the best they can but you need a quarterback to help coordinate all that that is objective that because it's draining just the the details of taking care of 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 someone with dementia is really and that's why I think it's great what you're doing with your empathy and self-care I teach Uh, about burnout and self-care for mental health professionals and after-school professionals. And uh, I think that having self-care is is important, but you need every member of the team to be helping. Because sometimes- Absolutely. And
1: I also, I work with families as a communications person and somebody who's worked with thousands of families and residents. I also work with families on being that objective person Listen, my father always used to say there are three sides to every story, right? There's one person's side, the other person's side. And then there's some, some objective line that probably takes a little bit of both into consideration, but it takes an outside party to really listen to all of that and put that together. And then, of course, it takes somebody who knows how to work with people in this space, and not everybody does. So, I mean, this has just been this has just been fantastic. And I know your program is going to continue to grow and, and um, the work you're doing is just, it's just absolutely fantastic. And we need more people like you who are really seeing the importance of this and really working together. And hopefully we'll be able to uh, work together maybe with Paul Falkowski and, and develop some kind of national program that can, Be a model that people can can embrace and can follow, because there are over fifteen thousand nursing homes in this country, and over twenty and about twenty eight thousand assisted living residences, and many of them have memory care units.
2: I was uh, talking to Anthony Cirillo, who has a Sage Stream, about uh, doing family music playlists and then having a discussion around that family music playlist sort or of a combination of family therapy using music uh, so that the family develops the playlist and that maybe brings some of the families together that are sort of resistant to come together. Oh. So that, that's an idea that Anthony and I are doing a pilot. of.
1: Well, so here's, so I had talked about uh, with Dan Cohen, Dan Cohen, the idea that, personalized playlists can become part of a legacy book so that if families are doing it, this is a wonderful way to have it become part of some kind of legacy project or legacy book that they can pass on. And this is something that the family can keep when this older person is no longer with them. And they could not only talk about the the music the person loved, but they could create uh, like little stories of, of around these the music and that creates the memories and then they can have that they can have that always and so maybe that's something we could work on together
2: yeah definitely i think it's all about creating that environment music creates is the game changer right so right. it's hard for people to get together it's hard for people to feel comfortable so Whenever we walk into youth engaging seniors, we walk in starting off with a song, you know, as part of the routine, you know, like it just creates that vibe. So maybe also with families that are resistant to meet or talk or communicate, the music could be that, you know, vehicle of connection and helping to bridge, you know, all the differences. It's the one thing that unifies everyone, I believe, no matter what race, religion, or culture. I agree.
1: I agree because how many artists go and play in, in foreign countries? whether they're in a come here or from here, go there. And they could be singing a song and in a language that the the audience doesn't understand, but the music carries them. They identify with the music, whether it's the melody or the rhythm or whatever that is, they identify with that. Music is definitely a unifying, just like sports. It doesn't matter what language you speak or where you're from. I always have said that, that sports is kind of a, a unifying, activity
2: yeah, a little too a little too competitive well so but, but, it, yeah.
1: but 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 nevertheless either you can do it or you're watching there are only two ways right, you. the, either you're doing it or you're watching so the people that are watching come from different backgrounds it doesn't doesn't matter if you're sitting courtside yeah, or sitting uh, in the bleachers you're still all watching so you're really equal right, in,
2: right. Way. in that way yes yeah yes I'm and a very people, competitive person but I, <laughs> I I used to play soccer, college soccer, as you know. So, um, but I've learned sometimes competitiveness. But, but sports, you're right. Looking at it that way, everyone's watching. It's a unifying experience, right?
1: And and if you're totally. playing, it doesn't. If you're capable of playing, if you have that level of talent, nobody cares where you're from either, or what language you spoke, or how much money you <laughs> right. have, what
2: school. You as long make. as you score the goals.
1: What, well, well, whatever, 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 right. whatever that is, whatever talent you bring to the table. Nobody cares where you're from. They only care about the talent that you bring to the table. That's it. That's it. That's all there is. So I always thought, I always saw sports or art or anything like that in the same vein. And if people could think about it more that way, I think it could be talk about something unifying, right? Because even if you go to a sporting event or a concert or whatever it is, you're sitting next to somebody who may be, you never would have thought of sitting next to or talk. You may even wind up talking with them, right? Isn't that what that happens? So I think if people Definitely. could open their minds and think about all these different experiences and realize how we're really all related, it could be great.
2: Yeah, and me. that's exactly what we do with, with youth engaging seniors. We put the, we, we, we space out the elders and the youth. So when we put the, the, the elders in the circle, we leave the empty chair next to it, and and every youth is paired up even in the group music sessions, and they end up talking, we give them like a a mentor or a buddy and they end up each week building that bond through music and through talking and stories, which is like the work that you're doing. So,
1: It's awesome. The importance of obviously training and bringing youth into elder care environments like nursing homes would certainly go a long way in combating the loneliness and isolation that many older adults feel in, in all of these environments. So I, I look forward to your endeavors and for us being able to work together. So at this juncture, I, I, it's time for us to, to end our, our session today, our episode on Senior Straight Talk sponsored by Active Pure Technology. So please remember to listen to Senior Straight Talk for our next episode for more formative conversations for the senior years of our lives. And I'm Phyllis Amon signing off for today. Please remember to like, click and share the episodes. And until next time, stay safe, stay well and stay tuned.
0: Thank you for listening to Senior Straight Talk. Join your host, Phyllis Amon, again soon for another episode on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or your favorite podcast platforms.